If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Women Physicians Lead, hosted by Dr. Lisa Herbert, helps women physicians move from surviving to thriving in their personal and professional lives. Dr. Lisa shares leadership tips, burnout support, stress management strategies, and inspiration from women physicians who've made remarkable transitions into leadership roles. There's a fantastic episode that you should check out called Taking Care of Yourself During the Journey, about how women physicians can care for themselves while on their leadership journeys. Check out Women Physicians Lead on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, Lisa. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me on today. More than welcome. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, so my name is Lisa Bazinet. I am a regional nurse manager for oncology services here in Hartford Healthcare, and I uh, mainly work out of the East region. I've been an uh, oncology nurse manager, started off in the inpatient area, and then slowly transitioned about six or seven years ago to mainly the outpatient world. Uh, previous to that, I was an inpatient oncology nurse. Uh, I've done a lot of variety of uh, at the bedside uh, floor nursing per se. And I think that really has strengthened my ability to be a, a stronger leader since I had probably over been a nurse for probably a little over 30 years. If you say it really quick, it doesn't sound that much. It goes by pretty quickly. Uh, but I spent probably most of my nursing career at the bedside. So I think with the, that combination of uh, being a bedside nurse and now transitioning the last probably 10 years or so into uh, leadership and management has really strengthened that, that role. Um, so I've been at Hartford Healthcare for 20 years, which went by rather quickly. Um, and uh, I currently manage uh, two offsites and one medical oncology unit. So that's kind of, as well as the nurse navigation in a woman's health uh, coordinator role. So really uh, both focused in on patient care and safety, but also as focusing on uh, community as well as uh, how to keep our patients safe uh, in the outpatient center and improve their quality of life. Amazing. And I think it's so interesting that as nurses, we all start off at the bedside. But what was that pivotal moment in your career where you said you want to transition from bedside to management or leadership? I think when I was at another organization, I had a really strong uh, nurse manager, nurse leader at the time. And she, no matter, you know, you, I worked on a busy, busy 38 bed med search, step down ICU, hospice unit. And the whole world could be imploding. However, she just made it work. She's like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm going to help with this. I'm going to sign off these charts. And she really got involved and just really strengthened the team uh, to, 
to give the great patient care that we obviously needed to do, but safely, but you didn't feel like you're on your own Island. Like the manager was in their office with the door closed or at meetings. She canceled her meetings and she was really visible, whether it just be like, Oh, you, did I get to lunch? Let me watch your patients or let me take that phone call. So so-and-so can do this. So just really being a, a strong advocate. And I realized that I would like to do that. We all kind of work for a variety of reasons. And if I could be that leader to really get the pulse of the nursing staff and really be there for them, it would just drive patient satisfaction because that's why we all went into nursing, but also just you know, we all have to work, like I said. So you, you really want the nurses and this and all staff to be engaged and feel like they're they're important and they're valued. And if you're helping them do whether it be an IV start or access a chest port or whatever, you can really um, it's really just a great team to be on, and people um, like to be on your team. So it's kind of make it fun. You said something so important. A nurse leader impacted your life when you were a nurse. You saw how she was. Mm-hmm leading uh, her team and it inspired you to really go into leadership. I think that's amazing and so important for nurse leaders to be aware of that Mm -hmm. people are watching you Mm -hmm. and you can really impact someone's career life. You're really on stage. The minute you get on the floor and I I was watching, uh, we do a lot of stuff. I'm sure you're familiar with or not, but Spark, it's a lot of educational stuff for leaders and and really it's for anybody because everyone's really a leader. Regardless if you are, you know, a 32-hour staff nurse, you are a leader. You represent, you know, what our organization or whatever organization you're on. So what you're, how you present yourself and what you say to our patients, you are, you're leading because the patients are like, they really don't know your role and nor do they really care, but you're representing and leading that team. But you really have to be like a swan. Um, the, it was all about, you know, you can, the, no one needs to see your feet, you know, kind of moving around but you need to be out there and everything is calm because you're setting the tone for that. And then after I left that organization, I I had a nurse leader who wasn't as strong. And I'm like, well, this could really be better. And I saw a lot of areas of opportunity that, you know, increased communication, you know, rounding with the team, not being as distant. And, you know, I kind of saw really one strong leader in my nursing career early on, saw some other nurse leaders that eh, really weren't some good, some were really strong. And then one that I had worked with for a long time who really, not really was disengaged, but not as visible or uh, um, accessible uh, unless you did something wrong. So I'm like, you know, I really want to be that my first role, the first manager that I had. So um, that's kind of why I thought I I would transition into uh, that role. Amazing. And what do you think are some important characteristics? I know you touched on some things uh, that a nurse leader should have when leading uh, fellow nurses. And I want to make a point that all nurses are leaders because I say that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to differentiate that nurse nurse leaders who lead other nurses require different things from individual contributors. So I I think it, it, it can be very different. Um, and we'll talk more about that, but I want to kind of put that out. Like if someone did mention that, well, all nurses are leaders. I'm like, yes, all nurses are leaders, but individual contributor opposed to a person who's leading a team Mm -hmm. can be very different, is very different in my opinion. But what do you think are some characteristics of a nurse leader? I think a strong nurse leader has to have empathy. I think you really have to be empathetic to your staff because their reality is 
they're going to work, they got kids, they got daycare, they got all this stuff. But as a, as a nurse leader, you're like, I have 28 patients today and I have to provide care. So, you know, their reality is their kid is sick at home and they may have to leave. You can't be like, well, you have to stay. You have to put the, every day you have to put yourself in their role. And like their reality is they have a two-year-old who's homesick. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to keep the business afloat, but yet support that nurse because yeah, she's having, or he's having a tough day today, but in three weeks, you may ask that nurse, Hey, can you help me out? They're going to remember how you treated them in that moment. And I can remember having some conversations with some other staff who have actually moved up to uh, more leadership roles and under my area. And one of the nurses actually said to me, she had made a chemo error. And she's like, I thought I was going to get fired. And I'm like, well, why? We don't just fire people because you made an error. We're all, we all make errors, you know? It didn't harm the patient. And she said, no, you took me aside. And you said, how can we do better? I'm curious on how this, how this happened. How can we, luckily we dodged a bullet. The patient had no harm, but what could we do better? And she's like, from that moment on, she's like, I, I really want to work for you in a more formal role because I remember how I felt but then I remembered how you made me feel that I wasn't alone. We we're going to work on this together because if I made this mistake, someone else could make that mistake. So again, you know, in Hartford Healthcare, we have our leadership behaviors. And I think being curious is another one as a leader. So tell me about the, cause you know, everyone makes mistakes and has errors and has challenges. So instead of just going in and saying, so how did this happen? Well, that was silly. You know, what were you thinking? say, so I'm curious about this. Can you tell me about the situation? How did this occur? Occur Because after you peel back the onion, no one comes to work every day to make a mistake. Everyone wants to do great patient care. So I think kind of just being curious, being non-judgmental and kind of finding out their perspective and then partnering with, if it, is it the pharmacy that we can partner with so this doesn't happen again? Is the oncologist, is the hematologist, because obviously I work at oncology, but just kind of looking at that perspective on how we could be, I think that makes the people, the people that report to you or, you know, under your umbrella, makes them feel valued, but they also feel safe bringing things up that, you know, near misses that, you know, we stop a lot of things every day. So I think um, that's really been valuable. And again, taking care of your staff. Um, I am a strong proponent of, you know, whether it be, you know, I write a lot of little thank you notes. Um, thank you, handwritten thank you notes. Um, we have a, we've done a thing called the staff preference tool. So how do you want to be recognized? Some people want to be recognized in momentum, you know, which is what we have at Hartford Healthcare. However, some people don't want that. They want a more personalized note. So I look at their sheet. Oh, they like to have a personalized note. Thank you so much for being in charge while our clinical resource leader was away. Um, celebrating the little things like we recently had in our medical oncology uh, center, 217 uh, patient visits. So I may, I got little mason jars and I put 217 M&Ms for the providers, the clinical staff, the front desk staff to celebrate the little things because that made a big, a big difference. Um, as well as I think being a good leader would be dedication. I think staff know it's just not a nine to five job, but being dedicated to not only their satisfaction, but um, the safety of the patients and the satisfaction of the staff. So again, um, just being you know visible and rounding and, uh, hey, I'm in a meeting, I'll get out at 12 or letting them know, because my I have three offsites right now. 
Uh, everyone knows I start at one site, but then I'll check in at the other two sites. I'll probably be there around um, 10 o'clock or, or I'm visible, um, available by Tiger text or, or text. So letting people know um, that you're dedicated to, because you know they get busy and they think you're off site, obviously, but they know that you're dedicated to what's going on in their unit, even though you're not physically there. And I think the last thing um, is really communication. Um, foremost, um, communicating, because people aren't mind readers and circling back on emails or in real time, hey, before I forget, this is what's going on, or hey, let's do a quick huddle. I circle back, you had some questions earlier today, circle back, uh, communication either by email or, um, you know, depend, you know, people learn different ways. They, they learn visually and audio and repetition. So if it's like a initiative that this has to be done, the required learning, I, I put it on our lean board, but then I sent an email out a couple of weeks before it's due. And then I circle back, hey, don't forget in a month, our required learning is done. So communication, I think is really, um, really, really key at being a strong leader because people aren't mind readers. And, um, and I think the last thing is, is just kindness. You have to be kind. You can't be mean regardless of what's going on. You really have to be kind and empathetic um, to both the people that lead, you lead in your areas, but as well as people you report to and giving them grace as well. Wow, what an amazing list. Empathy, curiosity, taking care of staff, dedication, communication, and kindness. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you're so innovative with it and you go the extra mile because everyone, whether you're a nurse or not, mm -hmm. want to be seen and heard. Right. And I love that you said you go back and kind of read how people want to be kind of recognized mm -hmm. with a special note and you honor that. Yeah. That, that really just showcase amazing leadership because you are, I think a lot of times uh, leaders and organizations, we do so many surveys to get feedback, but then it's like, what do you do with it? Right. Right. Who's looking at it. So you just right. really spoke into that. Um, I think that's just amazing. And the M&Ms, just another innovative way of, uh, you know, reaching uh, your staff. I just, I wrote innovation while, while we were talking, <laughs> just really innovation. And I know we had discussions prior and I would love for you to hit on lattes with Lisa, I think. Yeah. So, you know, again, I've been doing a lot of research and kind of, you know, for my certification, but well as for my own personal development. I mean, it was really nice to pass the CNML exam. However, I didn't just do it to kind of check the box. I kind of did it for how could I grow as a leader? How could I grow my, my teams? How can I be better at what I'm hired to do? So I kind of took a step back and, you know, they talked about state interviews. So we do stay interviews. Some of us do, some of us don't. But what do you do with that? So I'm like, okay, so I did some stay interviews. So I'm going to do them actually this next coming month and see. And when I talked to staff, I'm like, hey, you know, a few months ago, I did some stay interviews. I kind of worked on a few things. And so we're going to do on uh, stay interview, we're going to call it lattes with Lisa. So, you know, 15 minutes, you're going to get a coffee or latte or tea or whatever. And you're going to sit down and I have a few questions like, you know, what could I do better? What, what are your goals? Where do you see yourself in five years? I can remember it was very impactful for a, a leader sitting down with me and saying, where do you see yourself in five years? I see yourself and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I never even thought of that. So sitting down and having that one-on-one -on -one time and having them, every person feel, instead of just your annual review time or, hey, you did something wrong, come to my office, got to talk about it. It's a good thing. And how we can 
everyone has a goal. And I've learned a lot of stuff from all of my teams. Like, oh, I really want to be in the chemo council, or I really want to do blah, 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 blah. Or I really want to see myself at some point a nurse navigator. Well, how can I get you there? What can we do? So now every time initiatives come through or and um, meetings or special things, hey, I think that would be really good. You know, you had talked to me about that. So I think just having that one-on-one time makes everybody feel special, regardless if you're, you know, a patient care tech, you're a nurse, you're a CRL, you're a manager, you're a regional manager, you're a director. I think having that one-on-one time to be heard and to feel valued is really important because people who feel valued want to go that extra mile. And that's why kind of why we all want to be at work because our patients want to get the best care. So if you feel valued when you go to work, I know my uh, director makes me feel valued. I want to do that extra mile. I want to go and do all this stuff because I feel like, you know, I meet with him and then I meet with um, uh, the the senior director of the service line, I'm all excited. Like, hey, I, I want to show you this. I want to do that. What about this? And it just refills your tank. So if I can feel that way, the, the nurse is at the bedside. Well, I think about this. or what about that? And, well, let's work on that. So I think that's been really, uh, people really um, have been very engaging with that. And they, they kind of look forward to it. I just, I did it in March. I'm going to start in July again. So Yeah. And I, I love that you also mentioned, you kind of just said it, matter of fact, but personal development and professional development. I think, you know, you as a leader going for your leadership certification really speaks to not only you as a person and leader, but like we said, you're on stage, people are watching you. Mm-hmm. So, so really having that influence on, on your team to really showcase the importance of professional and personal um, development. Can you speak a little bit about the certification and your motivation for wanting to do that? Because it, it wasn't a requirement, right? No, no, it you wasn't a requirement. It. Actually, uh, I I only know one other person who really has um, that certification. So yeah, I had to like ask certain people through the through my um, networking. Like you took it wasn't a lot, so I you know, kind of bought the books and everything. But I thought, you know. Again, like you said, it wasn't required. I'm very proud of my oncology certification because um, that's kind of what I am as an oncology nurse, but in a kind of a different role. But the certification nurse leadership was really focusing in on the finance aspect because we all have to run a budget, but kind of, but also talent, you know, kind of breaking it down and telling the teams, well, we have to watch this because, you know, we're all on a budget, but, you know, this is kind of what I need your help with. So getting the teams involved and like helping me, I need your help and your partnership really goes a long way of explaining the why. Um, A lot of it is human resources, you know, how you treat your teams, you know, with respect, are you empathetic? Do you kind of, uh, you know, thank them? Do you, how, how do you motivate them? Uh, which is really another a big part of the the exam, as well as um, you know marketing and development of your service line. You know what is your what is your competitor doing twenty minutes down the road? How can you be better? You know leapfrog, such as example the safety the safety guidelines. You really need to know those things because you want to speak to them and you're proud of those. So letting your teams know, hey, we got an A in the leapfrog, and explaining what the leapfrog is. So they can tell their patients because educated patients are going on those websites now and are looking for those. So um, 
it really challenged me to think outside my box to take this exam. Um, it was 160, 115 questions. It was a two hour exam. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a lot, but I, I really learned a lot. Um, so, and I also with that, when I was telling, um, I had actually had two nurses in one week, one on Monday passed her OCN and the other one on Friday passed her OCN. So when I came back on, cause no one knew I was taking my exam the Friday before one of the nurses took their exam on Monday. I had another nurse actually reach out to get the, um, the number to take her free test take for her ONS, OCN, because she's like, well, if you're going for all these tests, I, just, I should be able to do this one as well. So just motivating the team. And again, what you permit, you promote. So if they see you uh, doing extra things and bringing things back, they're like, well, maybe I can do that too. So it's not just a stagnant role. They look at you for their role model in their professional career. So I think just um, being that role model. And I know when I had leaders who were certified and, you know, did this or did that or uh, whatever the case may be, they're like, hey, I want to be with that. I want to be under their bucket. I want to be under their umbrella. Is that looks like there's a lot of stuff that you have to do. But how awesome is you're going to bring that stuff back to us and really be able to be the trailblazer? Who wants to be at a job that it's just the same thing over and over? You know, you want to have this, the team needs staff satisfaction. So, um, and, and professional satisfaction as well in, in their areas. Yeah, absolutely. And it speaks to the dedication of your dedication to the profession, your commitment to the profession, to the role of nurse leadership. And as you know, Lisa, I'm really into stress management, health and wellness, emotional <laughs> intelligence. And I think all of this is really great, but I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. And how do you uh, fill your cup? How do you sustain yourself? mentally and physically to continue to do the job, continue to be positive, continue to really feed your staff. So I kind of, you know, I, I, you know, try to limit my hours, you know, as managers, we are workaholics. A lot of us, we get there early at seven and we leave at seven and, you know, some days that's required, but I'm trying to take a step back and say, okay, what can be left on my desk that I can work on tomorrow? And I'm really taking a conscious effort to do that um, because not everything needs to be done right away. And I treat teach it, tell that to my staff so they can get out on time as well as my clinical resource leaders. But I also have to look at myself. I have to look in the mirror and say, okay, not everything needs to be done tonight. What can be left for tomorrow? So I'm trying to do that. I try to um, plan activities on the weekend. I love to walk and hike and play with my, my, my dogs and spend time with my family, my husband and my kids and, um, just trying to every weekend, I'm trying to do an activity that's just not the same old, same old. And then uh, once a month, I get together with my one of my best girlfriends and we uh, go hiking and we go walking and we go for lunch and we go to the bookstore. So I'm constantly trying to fill my, my tank and my bucket and take care of myself so I can go back tomorrow or the next day and just say, okay, team, this is what we're going to do. We're going to rock it out today. And, you know, Tuesday trivia and fun fact Friday and kind of just make it fun because I think if I'm energized and I'm not burnt out, it'll energize them. So just trying to kind of keep it fun and trying to, you know, make fun, make, uh, you know, the work that we do is not always fun in oncology. We have to have, unfortunately, some of those 
those conversations and you can see some of the patients um, deteriorate and not have the best outcome as we had hoped. However, you need to have something, as you said, to kind of refill your tank or else you're gonna be no good to anybody. And mainly yourself and your family that you have to come home to every night. So I um, am really trying to take a step back, um, kind of limit, you know, a couple of days a week, I do have my longer hours, but you know, one or two days a week, I'm trying to get out by four. And then uh, one day a week, uh, one day a month, I, I, like I said, I go out with my best friend and we, um, we have a whole bunch of girl time. So it's really just trying to plan activities that kind of, uh, so I can take care of myself. Yeah. Self-care is so important as a, a nurse leader, because like you said, people mm-hmm. are watching you and how do you keep that energy? Right. And my aunt mm-hmm. once said to me, uh, you finish how you started. Right. So, so you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, re- really change up, change up too much. Uh, yeah, so I think that's important. And I have a, a interesting question for you. I know you say you do all these things on the weekends and you disconnect mm-hmm. and take a step back, but when you're not at work, are you really not at work or are you still mentally preoccupied with work or are you really able to disconnect? Um, I shut, I don't have my email on my phone. So when I walk out of the building, it may be six or seven o'clock, but I know if there's something really that I need to know about, someone's going to tiger text me or, or email me or, or text me. I'm not on my email. And that's how I, I kind of make the break. Tomorrow's a new day. My centers are closed. They need me to know how to get a hold of me. So I really disconnect. So I don't go back. Um, I am going to be very transparent and honest. I do not go back to my email unless I know there's something that I'm waiting for that's critical um, that really needs to be addressed. Like I'm waiting to hear back from, you know, a system-wide initiative that's really um, pertinent that I know before the next day. Um, obviously like a plan Delta, I would be, be more on it, but normally I want to say 98% of the time I am not on my email when I walk out of the building and that's how I kind of, uh, de-stress. And also, um, now that it's nicer weather, instead of, uh, just sitting down and taking my lunch, uh, I go for a walk. I go for a walk. I take that 20 minutes and I encourage my staff to do that as well. And when they see me out walking around, um, they're like, Oh, you, you practice what you preach. I'm like, yeah, that's how I fill my, my bucket. And I come back to my desk, you know, much more innovate, much more enthusiastic, you know, just a little more rested, I should say, even though I'm a little bit more tired, but it really fills my bucket up so I can re- basically do a little recharge and I'll, I'll challenge my, um, my director to go for a walk and I'll challenge the, the person who, uh, the, vice president there uh, that I do skip meetings with that I'll challenge her to go for a walk. So we do a lot of our one-on-ones. I do my one-on-ones with Becky and that's how we do them. She takes my list and I meet with her every three months and she goes over it and we walk. So it's just really, uh, it clears my mind. It clears my head. And I go back to my desk and I feel like I get a lot more stuff done. And I encourage my staff to do that as well. I saw a few of them uh, at the picnic table the other day it was a little bit lighter of a day that we had a little bit of a gap and they're like, what a great day. I said, see, I told you, you got to go outside. And they're like, Oh my God, you're so right. So trying to practice, you know, promote the self wellness, not only from my teens, but when they see me out, they're like, Oh, she's doing it too. So, and I find that really very, very helpful and very, very, and I, I struggle when it becomes winter and I can't go out for that, you know, 12 o'clock walk. 
So, yeah, yeah. And, and how have you, um, adjusted or how has your perspective changed with the pandemic? And I know we're a couple of years into it, right? Mm-hmm. And we're kind of, we're, we're still in it. We're still but, in it. But what have you learned about yourself as a leader or, or what, what, it, what has helped you really mean? Because you, you seem very energized still by your role and what you do. Mm-hmm. But with that shift of the pandemic and, and you know, it, it could be an email that causes a shift again, right? Um, yeah. How have you been able to kind of maintain this and, and really uh, support yourself and your staff? I think um, being on a college nurse, and you can probably get this, Wendy, we like control. We like, we're going to hang this for this and this because it's all about safe patient care. We're not going to hang that carbo tax all unless we have all this stuff. We're not going to do the adriamycin until we have the echocardiogram, all that other good stuff. So I've learned one thing that you just have to be flexible and you just have to take a deep breath and say, okay, that was yesterday. That was the guidelines yesterday. And now these are the new guidelines. And you have to go out there and say, okay, guys, CDC says this is what we're going to do now. Okay. For the safety, I know it's just challenging for you being empathetic to um, your staff because you're like, I I get it. You're struggling as well, but I'm trying to get you the the most up-to-date information in real time that I can um, do is is really, um, is really important, but again, just being flexible um, and kind of like, okay, I can't control everything because if I can't, if I can't um, do that, it, you're just going to drive yourself crazy because um, being flexible is just really key. How has your retention been, uh, you know, through the pandemic? Because it seems like you have you're implementing great things. Have you seen that translate into uh, higher retention rates on your units? I've only lost one person out of all my 25 people. Um, Two, if you count a retirement, but she's 66. So I don't really count that as, (laughs) so she'd be number two. She just retired yesterday, but I've lost only one person to the pandemic under my bucket. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. She was just one person who just, you know, she had come back from a clinical assistant position. She went back in, she worked at her husband's business and the pandemic for her was just too much. Um, that's the only person that I lost. I had, like I said, I had Cindy retire, but she was 66 or 67 and that was planned out over a year ago. So I wouldn't count that as a, um, you know, pandemic issue that was just, I'm 66, 67, I think something like that. And she's like, it's time for me just to enjoy my life. And your mother had recently passed away. So I just really had one person. Wow. And Lisa, we're going to wrap up here. I know we're a little over time, but can we go through a quick rapid fire? Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess so I'm ready. I, yeah. <laughs> so ready, just, Wendy. just finish Bring the sentence. Finish the sentence for me, or just tell me what comes to your mind uh, after the statement. Wellness means? Taking care of yourself as well as others, both physically and mentally. Very true. Physically and mentally, it is very important. I know I'm stressed when? I can't control everything, and nothing seems to be going right. I really have to take, okay, just take a deep breath, and it's going to be okay. My go-to stress management solution is? 
going for a walk, just kind of, okay, I can't deal with this right now. Obviously, you know, if it's just a, like a situation, but for a while, I'm going to clear my head, get back to my desk, regroup, see how I can look at different things in a different perspective. Look at whether it be look in the mirror or just be curious about something, try to get the facts and kind of just, okay, let's go forward. And my last question for you is, if you could have your way, what is one wish? If you can go in Monday morning or Tuesday morning and you can have one thing implemented for yourself and or your staff, what would that be? Oh, boy. That's hard, Wendy, because I just got a brand new infusion center and I'm getting a brand new medical oncology unit at Bacchus. So that's really kind of hard. Um, oh, boy. That's a toughie, Wendy. You know, um, I think, you know, just people just probably being maybe just, you know, everyone being on the same page, on the same page and just, you know, everyone just ready for work and, you know, everyone's in a good mood and everything's kind of like all the orders are signed and everything looks good from that perspective. And, um, just having, you know, everyone be energized for, for the morning of versus, you know, like, okay, it's Monday type of thing. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Wendy. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a free mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best.